We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The baseball season is go, go, go. It's nonstop, relentless for every night, six straight months, and then hopefully another month in October. You also have work, friends, family, and a million other things going on. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. I mean, the mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Is there anything better than opening up your refrigerator after a long day, seeing that icy cold Coors Light can or bottle in your fridge? The answer is no, there's nothing better. That's why when it's time to chill, you choose Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So that's why when you want to hit reset, reach for a beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show, episode 332. I almost forgot what number we were on for a second. Yeah. I was like, does anyone really give a shit what number it is? I, I only say it just in case someone is trying to like catch up on episodes and they want to know if they're listening to them in the right order. Whatever it is, though, this is how you know what episode you're listening to. We are going to be talking about your first place New York Yankees. Again, for the second time in a week. We were getting, we got excited after after game one of Tampa. Then it had to go back because the fog machine rolled out and everybody was hungover. And now we're good again. So back in first place. And guess what we're doing? This is the best part about the whole thing. We're in first place and we're going to Baltimore. That's right. That's we're right. going to Camden Yards. It's uh, gonna beat up on those uh, minor league Orioles. But yeah. I think I think last weekend in Tampa they had to sweep to remain in first place leaving. So they did a sweep was gonna be out of the it was gonna be difficult to sweep at Tampa. You understand that. Tampa's a good team. They won two out of three, but then to back it up with two out of three at home and actually overtake first place. You're leaving town. Tampa is leaving town and they are behind in the division. I think that is that is important. It's not important in a not important in saying that this is how it's gonna end. It's important No, just it's gonna crush their spirits psychologically. So they understand what's happening. Right, you just right. lost two series to the New York Yankees in, in a week and a half. So and I think, I guess think, what, you know, if you're the Rays, if you're inside that Rays clubhouse, you're probably saying, well, if we're, if we're not beating the Yankees 
now. How are we going to beat them when they get healthy? Right. Look, we don't pitch to Austin Meadows. That's number one. Well, he's just yeah. just stop pitching to him, and and I think we'll be okay because he's um he's destroyed the Yankees. The the guys had a ridiculous season so far, and I think the majority of Yankee fans have never heard of this guy. All of a sudden, he's coming in and tearing the ball. He's probably going to be an all star. <laughs> probably there's going to be a lot of all stars this year that nobody ever thought would be all stars. But um yeah, this uh there's there's a couple guys that you gotta you gotta watch out for and then. You know, their their pitching obviously is, is pretty good. Today it didn't work out. Charlie Morton turned back to, you know, old Charlie Morton before he got to the Astros and he took all the spin rate juice and uh, and he became the, the guy he was with Pittsburgh. What is the steroid that improves your spin rate? I don't know. It's some kind of a it's like a Do you actually inject it into your fingers? You get a no, better you know grip what it on is? the ball, you get an increased spin rate? No, I got it here. It's like enhanced pine tar, right? So it's actually like juiced up pine tar. So they put it and it's extra, a rub. Extra tackiness. Yeah, it's extra tackiness, and and, it, and you know what it does is it actually soaks into your skin. So the next day after you use this and apply it, your skin is tacky, but there's no, there's nothing that that says you're using pine tar. Right. It's it just, just it disappears. Just, right. That's genius. Actually, it's like stabbing someone with an icicle. Right. <laughs> That's it. You know, you weren't ready for me to take it to murder. Which you got to get a. I mean, it's not like it's murder to quote Johnny Damon. It's just steroids. <laughs> um, but it was a it was a good series, and it was kind of a weird series because the Yankees had such an emotional win Friday night with the walk off, and then, like you, you kind of said it, the fog they busted out the fog machine. They've done it now three times this year. The first time was after the Boston win when Gardner hit a grand slam. The second time was after the Mariners walk off. And then the next night they got kikuchi'd slash pine tarred. And then Saturday they lost again when they looked pretty flat against Snell. I know Snell's a good pitcher, but they did absolutely nothing offensively. So that makes 0-3 after Club 161 pops off. I thought there was one more, though. Wasn't there another one where they, we were all like really ripping on them so, against a bad team when they won? At oh, home. Was there? I think there was. I think there was another one. Okay, so I, I only tracked down three. I confirmed three. I yeah. couldn't find the fourth. I don't remember off the top of my head, but I feel like it was a bad team. No, no, no. What w- happened was they busted it out against the Red Sox, and then the next night they played Kansas City and lost. Maybe that. Maybe that's. I think what that's what you're of. thinking of. Yeah. Either way, it's not a good. It's not a good record. You know, whether it's directly affected to the 15 minutes of fog and 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 you know house music, I don't know. Maybe it, it may be the fog. They're ingesting the fog and it's poisoning their minds, and then they can't concentrate the next day. <laughs> that's a, that's some that's some interesting. Because fog. it's not like they're popping bottles. It's not like they're literally popping champagne bottles. It's a stupid friggin' fog machine that you is, probably if get Jacoby at like Ellsbury Party is City. running. If Jacoby Ellsbury is running the fog machine, then I don't trust anything that's in. The, the solution that's creating the fog. Jacoby Ellsbury is running it? It's possible. If he he's is, not there. we got problems. I mean, he might be. No, he's in Tampa or Arizona. or He's in Tampa, huh? He might have snuck in the club. I don't know what to tell you. They don't let I'm not Jacoby saying Ellsbury I'm not saying any club. of us have seen him there. I'm just saying he might be running it. He might try to be poisoning the rest of the people. I don't trust him. I don't trust anything about him. Whatever it is, it's, it doesn't look good when you're 0-3 after you bust it out. It's okay. We're in first place. It's fine. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Well, the, well, they are in first place by half a game, and they're twenty-eight and seventeen. I look back after forty-five games last year; they were thirty-one and fourteen. So they had a better record last year. But when all things considered, when you factor in all the injuries and all the stuff this team has gone through, doesn't this year feel better? 
Oh my, my my God! Does it? Well, I mean, the Yankees went on that. At this point that, last year, the Yankees were on a tear. They were yeah. They were plowing through good teams. Were they in the middle of that 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 ridiculous run? Or was they that were towards June? the end of that ridiculous run. Oh, it was but May. Okay. They went on when Glaber Torres get called up at the end of last April. They went on yeah. like a fifteen out of seventeen run, right. and then they just maintained really good baseball through June, and then they started to fall off once some guys went down, but. I just feel like a, a lot of Yankees fans are looking at this record, looking where they are, and looking at what the players are on the team. And I don't know how you don't feel good about the record right now. Oh, you have to feel good about the record. You have to feel good about everything that's happening with the team because we are a shell of the team that we thought we were going to be. So the fact that they have, what, three less wins than they did last year when they were playing so well, um, I mean, that that's unbelievable. If they kept that pace, you know, they they were they were on pace to to you know be where the Red Sox were last year and 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 go up against the um you know the all time record for wins that the Yankees set so there was there was a very very good feeling on that team when there were thirty one wins at this point three less wins with guys that nobody even knew who they were before you know before the Luke Voigt trade last year we didn't know who half this team was yeah seriously half this team was was were, were no names and I think if uh, I'm trying to put myself in, in the shoes of if the team was maybe three, four games over 500 right now, we'd probably be saying the same thing. I'm happy with this. Right. Just get back healthy and then maybe you make a run towards September. I think if, if you know, the situation were the same and because Tampa's definitely taken a step back as well. They had got off to well, a hot start. they got start. off to a really hot start. And yeah. They've come back. I think they're under 500 now over the last like 20 games or so. But they And when not, you look at it, the Yankees have taken both series against them. Yeah. And I mean, the Yankees have, have been on a tear. And but if you so if the situation is the same and you see where everybody is at this current time and the Yankees were at you know 500 that means you're probably five six seven games back um, if if that if that were to be the case two to three games above 500 whatever it is but you're still at that point you're like okay we're in striking distance I feel like we would feel good about that because of the team of the, of the players that were out there but now these players are, are are you know competing at a level that we thought the original guys were so. Right, it's and no just, one expected It's all it. just gravy. This is all gravy. What I also think it's allowed them to do is take their time with some players. Yes, they I don't do have to rush Stanton. They don't have. They didn't have to rush Hicks. I mean, <laughs> Hicks goes down on like March second, and he's day to day, and he's gonna. He's saying, "I'm gonna be back for the second series the of second the year." Second series, and yeah. it takes him a month and a half to come back. Right. You know who's they not taking their him. time? You know who's not taking their time? Didi. Didi's Didi. like, yeah, my guy is coming back <laughs> mid June. I mean, he's he's ready to do a rehab stint, right? Well, I don't know. Did you see that video Keith posted about Brian Cashman talking? So Keith um, was in Cashman's box today. They yeah. might have to rename the thing to Cashman's box. I think. Right. Yeah. No. It's, it was it was great. Yeah. He, he was talking to Cashman, hanging out with Brian Cashman, talking to him about Didi specifically. But yeah, Didi's just one of those guys. He's an extraterrestrial man. He just he heals faster. He does everything better than everybody else. Like everybody who's listening to this, including us who's talking, Didi's better. At, at everything. Life. He's better at life. He's better at everything than he's we, we could possibly be. He is literally a knight. And now he's got a little logo, too. Have you noticed that? He's doing, uh, he was taking pictures at CC's event, and he's got like a little logo, uh, knight logo on the bottom right corner of his pictures now. Watermarked. Good. Logo, Good for Didi. Uh, knighted. Yeah, I would if I'm a knight. Um, and when you're looking at it, the Red Sox just lost two out of three to Houston's on an absolute tear. Houston's um, pretty good. They're the best team in the American League, maybe the best team in baseball. But um, what I think is is nice. It's really great, especially after what happened last year. The Yankees are twelve and four against division opponents so far. 
And how much did we talk about at the beginning of last year? They're losing games to Baltimore. But they shouldn't be losing. They're losing games to Toronto. Actually, they killed Toronto last year. But they're losing games to Tampa when we thought Tampa was a bad team. So the fact that they're 12-4 and four this year, they haven't actually played Toronto yet. It's kind of a weird scheduling thing yeah. that the Yankees don't play Toronto until later the, uh, in June. Meanwhile, at that point, they're going to have played Baltimore like 12 times. No, it's strange that, the, that they have not gone there where they have come to the Bronx to play. But 12-4, and four, you look at it, <laughs> and I mean, that's the teams you have to beat. It's great. I guess, I guess Tampa just had to tell everybody they were going to be good. So they could take them seriously. Yeah, that's the worst, thing. Seriously. Like, the worst thing that could have happened for Tampa is people actually start preparing for them. Yeah, exactly. They're not sneaking up. There's no snake in the grass uh, scenario now. You're like, oh, shit, we're at the trap. we got to go to the trap. And all of a sudden, they're good. Yeah. Like, no, we're at the trap. All we of a sudden, the good. lights are out. You're like, who's behind me? What's going on? <laughs> yeah. Now we know they're good. And we're just going to take you seriously and whoop your ass. Yeah. Because you're not as good when people actually know you're good. Although their pitching's pretty good. They're like a 2.8 ERA as a team, and the next closest team's like 3.5. Well, the Yankees are right there, too. They're either Yankees second or are, third. Entering today, the Yankees were fourth. Okay. The, uh, Charlie Morton did not have that, though. Today, they got to Charlie Morton. Even though the Yankees were reversing and going with the opener, they pulled a, they pulled a Tampa Bay. It did not work. No. Let's not <laughs> say the opener. The Yankees did not win today because of the opener. No, no, it didn't work. I'm just saying they did. it was a role reversal. And uh, it did not work. Not work. It didn't work at all. It was, uh, it was pretty bad, actually. Chad Green is not good. No. We're going to talk about that in a second. We're also going to talk about the fact that I think we're going to see these two teams fight this year. Uh, but quickly, Monday, as you're listening to this, so today, you're listening to this, is the May 31 game against Boston, the cutoff. If you do not buy your ticket by today, you're shit out of luck. So go online. Go to shop.bronxpinstripes.com. 96 bucks Gets you t-shirt. Game ticket in 205. Hot dog. Beer in the game pregame party Yankees are going to kill the Red Sox that night I just have a good feeling about it go buy those tickets go buy those tickets they're they're going to be on sale absolutely um the t-shirt cutoff is 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 tomorrow the ticket cutoff we may have a couple more days for tickets but the t-shirt cutoff is definitely tomorrow there's no doubt about that that's a hard deadline and that's it yeah so go get your tickets we have 250 plus sold whatever it is I haven't looked at the number today but there's a there's a, a lot of tickets it's going to be a ton of fun we got a rowdy group I know a lot of the people that are coming have come in the past um, we got we got guys that are that are bringing massive groups to this one as well so it's going to be a lot of fun it's going to be rowdy it's against the Red Sox on a Friday night everybody's coming coming from work they're ready to just drink and party it's going to be summer it's it's the it's second weekend of summer Memorial Day weekend is the week the Red prior. Sox are good again Friday night um, that event last year i think that red sox game was maybe my favorite one of the year they yeah. were all great but that one just stands out because it was a packed crowd this there was not a seat to be had in the stadium that night right right and i i, I fully expect this to be the same way so it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun a lot of butts in seats and um the energy is going to be good so uh, i can't wait it's gonna be fun and then, and then Ju- after that real ahead. quick I, i'll get it the uh, june 22nd against houston that's a that's a night game on saturday so um, that gives us more time to pregame, really, because the Boston game is on Friday. Going to be a little tight, but we'll, we'll be able to, uh, to get into the dugout. Uh, and then July 6th is the invasion in Tampa. If you live in Tampa, if you live, if you live in Florida, w- if you live within three to four hours of Tampa and you're a Yankee fan and you don't come to this event, there is something wrong with you. I, I challenge your fandom because we're coming in as a massive group. We have 200 tickets available in the trap, in the dump of a trap. 
that we're all going to go. We're all going to shit on it together. We're all going to make loud noises. We're, we're sitting right next to the, uh, right behind the Yankees bullpen. So we'll be able to interact with the bullpen because you know they're going to listen to us. And you're getting a t-shirt. You're getting a, um, a game ticket. And we're doing a pregame party across the street at Ferg's. It's going to be beautiful. So come get your tickets. Go to the website and buy your tickets. I don't even remember what I priced them at. What, 69 bucks, something like that. Nice. 69 I mean, there's another reason for you to get it, okay? <laughs> I'm such a child when it comes to that number. I'm like Gronkowski when it comes to that number. Um, all right, so I Don't ever talk about the Patriots on this podcast again, please. I think the next time, well, he's retired now. I think the next time we see these teams play, the Yankees and the Rays, there's going to be a fight because it's just, you can see it festering underneath the surface, right? You had Voigt get hit last weekend after LeMahieu hits the homer. Sabathia tries to hit Austin Meadows on Friday. He's walking off the mound, and you can clearly read his lips. I was trying to hit his ass. Didn't hit his ass. Um, and then after the game, a reporter asked him, CC played dumb. He has to play dumb. He said, I don't remember what I said. Because if he says, yeah, I said I'm trying to hit his ass, then he gets fined. He's not going to do that. You He's already gotten game checks taken away and then given back to him. He's not like, that the man needs money. money, but we don't need another player missing a start because we got too right. many guys on the injured list. So he's got to right. play dumb there. And then today, Green had nothing. You could tell he had nothing in the first inning, and frankly, he's lucky that he didn't give up runs in the first inning because Sanchez throws the guy out at second base. But he hits the guy, hits Robertson in the forehead after back-to-back home runs. I, it was not intentional. I'm no, not sitting here telling you it was intentional because you could just tell watching Chad Green he was lost out there and he couldn't hit his spots. But the fact of the matter Everybody is... Everybody knew that it wasn't intentional. But I the think. fact the, of the matter is, he hit a guy in the forehead with a 96-mile-an-hour fastball after yeah. back-to-back home runs. Right. There will be retaliation the next time these t- two teams play. Uh, maybe. I, I don't... I mean, because CC missed his ass, there really was no technically... Uh, there was no retaliation at that point, too. So Okay, it, it but you know the Rays hitters saw after that game... CC that he saying, said that. So I'm you're, you're basically saying that that counted. That counted. Of course yeah. that counted. And but then that's, Saturday, that's it. Doesn't it squash it at that sat, point? No. Saturday, it's an extra inning game. They're not going to hit somebody and possibly lose the game. Sunday, by the time it was a tied game, and then by the time the Yankees had the lead, it was a blowout. So they're not going to get in a fight when you're already getting your ass kicked. Yeah. The next, Look, time, they, the next time they're at the trop, I think there's going to be a fight. Okay, so here we go. July 6th, not only yes. for $69, yes, you, you got to have a game fight. ticket. A t-shirt, a pregame party, you're going to hang out with a bunch of Yankees fans at the dump of a trap. But we're going to have a fight. There's going to be a fight. We're going to instigate Tommy Canley in the bullpen. Sabathia pitches that night. CC Sabathia's fight night or something. Fine. Tommy Canley will do it as well. Look, I can, we could definitely talk Canley into hitting somebody. I can guarantee it. So <laughs> I'm guaranteeing a fight on the night as well. If not, you could fight me. Afterwards, there will be a fight. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. It's guaranteed fight. My uh, after Chad Green hit the guy in the forehead, my dad called me up and w- was not happy with Chad Green. Said he's an embarrassment to the organization. He needs to be sent to Trenton because Scranton's not bad enough for him. Ooh. It's bad, man. I mean, I'm not to say that Trenton's better than Scranton either, but or worse. But the fact of the matter is, Chad Green, since his return, he had the scoreless inning in his first game, and then but overall, he's pitched three and two thirds innings, given up six hits, three runs. Two homers, one walk, and he hit a guy in a forehead. In the forehead, like he ha- he still doesn't look right. No, he certainly doesn't feel look right, and and you can tell that 
his head is out of the game. Like he just doesn't look. And as soon as he like hit that he guy in the head, you could see his face like drop. Like oh shit! I've, I, he did not mean to do it, but you. Could but before tell. that, but before that, even like I'm looking at him. I tweeted this out. I said I think Sonny got a hold of Chad last year because that's what it reminded me of. He gives up the home run, then all of a sudden, home run immediately afterwards. And, and it was a cheap could, shot. It was a cheap short porch home run. But it doesn't, but it doesn't matter, matter what it, it was. It was a. It was a defeated guy throwing another meatball and that guy knowing that it's coming. You can see it on his face that he wasn't going to throw a good pitch and he was probably going to make a mistake. So they were just looking for it and they took advantage of it. It was batting practice at that point. And when you see a guy that gets to that mental state and cannot compose himself after something bad happens, it gives me flashbacks, horrible, horrible flashbacks of Sonny Gray because that was the problem. The guy, like anytime there was kind of some kind of a, a problem, there was an implosion and and that's what we're that's what we're seeing now because the same thing happened with Green bef- the, before he got sent down. He couldn't get an out. Look, clueless was was a was a guy out there that was lost on the mound. So, you, I mean, I I really think you got to send him down again after today. Yeah, I don't know why they brought him out for the second inning. It was clear in the first inning he didn't have it. He walks the guy. He, he gets 0-2 on the first batter and walks him. And then thankfully Sanchez throws him out at second base trying to steal. But then he gives up a double and he gives up a line shot to center field that Hicks catches. Like they're lucky he didn't give up runs in the first inning. So I think when you're when you get out of the first inning clean, it's a it's a mental victory, right? You because you struck the third guy out. You're going into the dugout feeling good about yourself. Nothing happened, you know. Like okay, I I weathered the storm in the first inning because that's probably going to be the hardest for a guy. But he's like not a starting pitcher. He's a, a relief exactly. pitcher, right? So you got you got through that first one where you're starting a game that's weird. All that's new. Got through that. Let me now get into the time where it's the middle of a game and I can get back into my groove. I don't know. I had no problem with him coming out for the second thing. Like, that was the game plan. There was nothing across in the first. You're out of the top of the order now. It made a lot of sense to me to bring him back in. But he just didn't He didn't have it, you know? And you, and you got to go get him at that point. It was, uh, it's, it's, a, it's really unfortunate because he was just so damn good two years ago. And all of a sudden, uh, he, he was good last year too. He wasn't as good as he was in seventeen, but he was really good last year too. He wasn't Joe Girardi good. And I, so I think there's, what are you saying? Uh, what I'm saying is is that Joe Girardi used him in a certain way that put him in a place that felt like he was confident, and obviously his mechanics were going and wasn't thinking too much about this stuff. Knew what he was going to do. Knew that if he pitched two innings, he had the next day off. Just had some things in his head. So I don't know. Maybe Chad Green's the type of guy that likes to know what's going to happen, gets into a, a, a certain routine, and just tries to, and then executes. Maybe he's better that way. I'm not making excuses for the guy. I'm not trying to. I'm just trying to figure out why the hell he's not good. Well, because he was very, very good. I think uh, it's uh, it's a fair thing to bring up, and we've brought it up before. But I think he's a fastball pitcher without a secondary pitch. And I think that's as much of an issue as anything. His slider's not good. He throws his fastball. When he was successful, he was throwing his fastball like 80% of the time. And he's if a you're one, not throwing your fastball a one for pitch a, pitcher. Well, well, you're a two-pitch pitcher if you can locate your first pitch. If you can't locate your first pitch, you're screwed. Because everybody will spit on anything else that comes. No, they will spit on your best pitch if you can't throw it for a strike. And then just wait for your, your bullshit Yeah, and slider. he was definitely wild today. And the Yankees, <laughs> frankly, I thought this was going to be a tough loss on Sunday. And in the middle of that game, you get Gary Sanchez with a triple, a leadoff triple. I mean, I felt I was at my apartment in Manhattan, and I felt the ground move. Gary Sanchez running around those bases. But they don't score in that situation. Right. They I get, mean, like, the, the word triple is, is what it was. I mean, 
It was a triple in the box score. Yeah, triple in the box. I know the ball went off the wall, and he asked for the ball after his souvenir. He's going to put it up in his trophy. He case asked for that thing immediately. Yeah, because like, he's never had a triple before. He probably never I, had a triple in the minors either. I don't know if I haven't looked it up. I bet he's never hit a triple before. I got to tell you, I wouldn't feel good about that triple. Look it, it was up. horribly misplayed by the right fielder. Um, you wouldn't feel good about that triple? No, I'm saying like I wouldn't like request the ball on a triple like that. It shouldn't have been a triple. It should have been, should have been a double. It, or a single, honestly, if it was Gary Sanchez running. If it was played correctly, it would have been a single. But he is he I'm looking up his minor league stats right now if he hit a uh, if he hit a triple. But uh, the Yankees did not score in that inning, and the infield was in against Morales with three guys on the right side of the infield for Morales, and then three guys on the left field, left side of the infield for Glaber. Both guys drilled the ball right into the shift. I understand they hit the ball hard and the Rays made nice plays, but just as a fan watching at home, that it pisses me off to no end. It's like you got one guy with the infield in, literally punched the ball the opposite way, and it's probably a base hit. When a ball is scorched, and and it's hit at somebody. I, I you know I, I I can't possibly get upset. But I'm I'm mad that the run didn't come in. Like that sucks. But I'm not I'm not looking at the player and like you didn't do your job. You scorched the shit out of the ball. It's unlucky. How many triples do you think in his minors career did, did he have? So I feel like you saw that and then asked me the question. It's more than zero. Um, three. <laughs> exactly. You nailed it. Damn. See that? Uh, just got, I just got to reverse engineer your. The, uh, We've been doing this for too long. 330 whatever episodes, as, as you guys <laughs> learned at the beginning. But they busted it open in the sixth, and the Rays just fell apart. They walked five guys. They made an error. Lucky. The Yankees are lucky that they scored that many runs because Frazier also gets thrown out at the plate in that inning. Bizarre inning. It took like 45 minutes. He totally misread the ball and, and was out by 15 feet, 10 feet. And yeah, and I, I tried. I saw someone blaming Nevin. No. It's a bang bang play. If if the ball gets behind you, but that's also a pass ball is a is a uh, a base runner's decision. If because you're if listening you're, to if you're a waiting base to coach, listen to your third base coach, it's too late. If you're li- if you're wi- if you're listening to a base coach on a pass ball, you have you have base running issues. You're you're, you're a bad base runner. <laughs> okay, don't ever run. Just stay where you are. Go station to station because you're not you don't belong on the base path. No, you don't listen to the base coach on a pass ball. He's going to yell, go, 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 and probably reaffirm what you're already doing because you're already doing it because it's, a, it's an instinct play. Yeah. So there's, there's, it was all, it was, he just read it wrong. You know, obviously he didn't have a good angle, whatever it was. Well, I mean, it, we also saw a situation on Saturday where Hicks runs through a Phil Nevin stop sign. That's more on the, see, that's where I'll, I'll put a little bit more blame on the, on the base coach because the, Yes, he did run through a stop sign, but it was also thrown up very late. Yeah. And you're not trying to pick up a – he, he kind of had to do like a, a, a stop-jump run. I mean, he, he definitely did like a little stutter step. Um, so it's hard, to, it's, it's, hard to blame, it's hard to blame Hicks for, for something that, that Nevin threw up at the last second. He said it's he, was, also hard he to, was quoted. He said, I was already committed to scoring, and I felt like I could make it, so I kept running. And especially with a guy like Hicks, like if he tries to pull up there – there's hamstring. no guarantee he doesn't pull something. It's a hamstring, 100%. Or, or another back issue. Yeah, it's a soft tissue. It's a, it's a UI injury, and you're, I would rather you just get pegged out at home and stay in, it was the, almost it, safe. in the game for a long time. But, yeah, no, I, I'm not blaming the, the base coach on that one. I'm sorry, I'm not blaming the, the runner on that one. That's, no. that's a base coach thing. you got to read that. Uh, it's, so, it's weird, though, because we saw Glaber run through a stop sign last week. Glaber just... You know, I think he's is in La La Land when he's running, and and, and we have some areas. stats about that later oh, on Glaber's base running. Yeah, we do. That's a good, uh, it's a good tease, Scott. Thanks. Um, 
So the Yankees' awesome walk-off win on Friday, you would have liked to see them take the emotional victory into Saturday, but that's not how baseball works. I've, I've been told that many times by the, the great and powerful John Sterling. Uh, the, home, the, uh, the comeback, though, happened against the uh, Rays closer, Avarado. Avarado? It doesn't matter. He's, he spiked how many balls 10 feet from the plate? Um, right, but he's almost like Chapman Light. I, he's well. He's a heavy. He's a bigger. Well, as far as like his pitches, he's a left-handed pitcher who throws like 101 miles an hour with a very mediocre slider. Although Chapman slider is getting better by the day. So but so he's a Chapman heavy. He's a, he's a fat Chapman. Uh, <laughs> Voit hits a homer and Voit scorched two balls off of him this weekend. Um, and then the but the at bat that changed everything was Glaber's at bat. Yeah, that I was a hell of an at bat. Ten pitch at bat, and he almost hits the game winning home run. He takes a double off the wall. Yep. Um, and then Gio, of course, of course, Gio walks it off. Like, did you think Gio wasn't going to walk it off? You have not been watching 2019 Yankees. No, it's beautiful. And you're right. The Glaber at bat was 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 uh, uh, just a thing of beauty when you're watching him fight that whole way through. And you knew that he was locked in. You could see that he was locked in and you could absolutely tell um, that the pitcher was not was in a, in a place that he was um, that he felt he was defeated he had, after that at bat. Well, I mean, d- during the at bat, you could tell that he wasn't going to win it. You could tell that he was like, "Shit, now what? Now what am I supposed to do?" I could tell that this guy's on me, and and Glaber was all over it. And Glaber just had the look of a, of a confident guy at the plate, and you could tell something good was going to happen. So that that definitely set it all up, and it was um it was a it was a great at bat. Yeah, it was the at bat of the game. I think Boone called it the at bat of the season for Glaber. Yeah, I love that. I love calling the at bats of the season. Like, let's just anoint this the best at bat of the season for, <laughs> yeah, for the why guy. Not? Why not? No, it's fun to do that. So he should do it more often. Uh, speaking of Boone, though, I was not crazy about his bullpen management this weekend. Some weird things happened. So Friday night, he uses Adovino in the, um, I believe that was the sixth inning, and he used him for 10 pitches, and he pulls him. I know he walked a guy and he threw six balls out of 10 pitches, but it was still 10 pitches. Then he brings in Canely and only uses Canely for the one out. Then brings in Britain. Why, if you're going to... I just don't understand why you're moving away from Canely so fast or why are you not letting Adovino with one guy on first base and two outs try and get through that inning? I just think he was too quick on the hook there with both Adovino and Canely. So so here, um, we've been trying to figure out, I think over the, the past three shows, we've been trying to figure out Boone a little bit more, right? We've been talking about his bullpen management, just kind of like identifying what it is, and and because he's all, he's sometimes all over the place. And, and when you're looking at situations like this, you're you're really puzzled. You're questioning and like, why why what was the reason you made these moves? Like, I would really love to know the the actual reasons, not the well, bullshit I think answers. The numbers the reason why he brought Canely in was because it was a left-handed batter up and the, the changeup, and he has a changeup. But I still trust Adovino to get that out. So when you're doing that, though, you're looking at I think wasn't Meadows was Meadows the le- the bat? I, I didn't. I, I didn't. Either write way, it down. you're you're getting you're getting cute with you're getting cute in a situation where you don't have to get cute. You're getting situ- cute in a situation where you have a guy that you trust on the mound who's good against righties and lefties. He's proved that he can get both guys out. It's not like you have a dominant dominant guy on this team. Yes, there are some good hitters on this team, but it's not like I, I don't trust um, Adovino to go against any one of them. No, I trust Adovino in that situation. But even if you Want to go to Canely there? Why aren't you letting Canely pitch the eighth? 
Because he already had a situation. He had a plan for the eighth. That's but he why brings I think, in Chad Green. I'm sorry. Chad Green hadn't pitched for a week. There are too many situations where we're seeing that Aaron Boone, this is one thing that's really bothering me, and it bothered me in the, the postseason of last year, and it came true last night as well, or yesterday. He has a plan for the next inning, whether it's a plan that makes any goddamn sense or not. That doesn't matter, but there's a plan because apparently Luis Sessa was going to come in and just finish the game yesterday, and you're not going to go to yeah, you're not, yeah Saturday we're recording on Sunday, so you're not going to you're not going to go to the the best guy in your bullpen instead in a in a tie game against the the team that's currently in first place by half a game. You're going to go with Luis Sessa when you have the other guy, your best available guy, ready to go. Out of yes. So yeah, and the the two they kind of go hand in hand. The, the but it's two a decisions. similar situation in the way that he's preemptively <laughs> already making these decisions. Britain wasn't available on Friday because right. he pitched twice on Wednesday. Wednesday. Whatever. Okay. Sure. I guess. But uh, so he doesn't go to Britain on Friday, and then on Saturday, I'm sitting there and, and I'm I'm in my mind I'm like Holder and Sessa pitched before Adovino, so Adovino must not be available today. But after the game, we come to find out, like you said, it was Sessa's game once they got to the 11th inning because they wanted length, and Adovino was being saved for the next day. Why? Why? <laughs> Why? You're not playing. So this is a situation where you're not playing on the road. You're not playing in Tropicana Field. You're playing in Yankee Stadium. You have to win every single top in a tie game after the sixth inning. All you need to you're trying to win the top of that inning. Every single time, right? Yeah. You're you're you're, tr- you're, go- you're throwing your best guys out there, and you're trying At to win the top of that inning. At home, you go to your best guy until you you go to your best guy, then your next best guy, then your next best guy until you're at your last guy. Yes, you t- unless you're the Orioles and Zach Britton. You don't still have any there. best guys. You don't have any best guys. And you, well, I mean, with Zach Britton, you just oh, leave well, him there. Oh, we were talking about that wild card game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you you go for your best guys. You're trying to win that top of the inning, uh, so that you give your opportunity for your guys to score a run. That's that's it. There's no reason for you to make a decision that Luis Sessa from the seventh inning has to pitch the rest of the game. That is a that is an unnecessary decision. I, I just don't understand. You mean from the eleventh inning? From the eleventh inning. From from that point on. I'm sorry. You just you don't need to make that decision at that point. Why, no, why do you, you have to get I mean, in your I head understand you it. want to get length out of Luis Sessa, but do it in the twelfth inning. <laughs> if you go to do the it after inning, your best guys have already pitched. Thank you. Thank you. And. Once you bring Sessa in, then they probably have to say, okay, what are we doing for tomorrow? We don't have a plan for tomorrow. I guess we'll use Chad Green and then see what happens after that. But, um, yeah, it was just weird. It was decisions that I didn't understand. And even after the explanations, I didn't understand them. So, out of you know, came in on Sunday and, and pitched in a tie game. I think it was 5-5 when he, when he was pitching. So you're 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 getting a, a similar situation. He got out situation. of a really big spot too. He did getting out of a, a similar situation, right, where it's a tie game late in the late in the game. But what what it did? So let's say Adovino did pitch on Saturday. So now we have Adovino pitching on Saturday. Let's say he locked it down and they and they um, and they win the game, or it doesn't matter whether they win or lose the game. At, at least at that point, you know, Luis Sessa is possibly available for probably the next starts. Day. Frankie. Pr- Probably starts Sunday. Starts on Sunday. You have a better opportunity for for um, that rather than going with something completely random by starting Chad Green. So you're 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 not only bringing in your best guy on Chad Saturday. Green to Nestor Cortez. Like, you're not who did an admirable job after, after the home run. He did okay. It was yeah. it was he settled down after the home run, but he did do okay. He did well. He did well after the home run. But he still gave up three runs. The the point is, is that you're on Saturday. 
you're not only throwing your not throwing your best guy, but you're burning next day's starter at the same time. Yeah. Why not see what you can get with Adovino? Maybe get a run, and then you don't have to use Sessa at that point. Who knows? And you can have him available. So you burn two guys essentially in in one opportunity uh, by not using Adovino. It was just a weird decision. And his his you listen to the 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 tape of of him talking about it after the game. And his answer just it just it threw me for a loop. It was kind of like that's what I'm saying. I I don't the thing that uh, there was not a lot of conviction behind behind the game, way he was he's saying making it. these in game decisions. And I'm trying to play out the scenarios that what could possibly make sense. And then I hear him talk after the game, and I'm like, "You're talking out of your ass." Yeah, yeah. No, the way he was saying it, the way that like the words were coming, the words are coming out of his mouth were not. We're not. They didn't. They didn't get me like to a no. point where I, uh, that this this guy felt like it was the right move. They weren't good words. They were bad words. Hey Scott, let me ask you a question. Do you ever feel like ticketing websites make getting to the event difficult on purpose? I do. I think they're trying to get me. Yeah, it's as if they're so big they can get away with not caring about the customer experience. So what if there's a site? Uh, what if the site's annoying and doesn't have events you want? Hello, status quo. The real question is, how easy could it be if those ticketing sites actually cared? SeatGeek is a website and an app that actually cares. They have millions of live event tickets and a price match guarantee. SeatGeek proves there's a better way. You and I both have the SeatGeek app. We've used it 100 times to get to events. Uh, if you search their app and you'll just see there's 50,000 five-star reviews. That's how you know it's a good app. If you got 50,000 five-star reviews, that means there's enough people out there saying this is a pretty good thing. Uh, that means they have good customer satisfaction. SeatGeek pulls together millions of tickets from all over the web. Then they rate each deal on a scale of 1 to 10. Finally, SeatGeek displays them on an interactive seat map. They color code them green, yellow, all the way up to red. So, you know, just go for those green ones. That means you're getting a good deal. Whether you're looking for expensive tickets or inexpensive tickets, if you're getting a green deal, you know you're, you're, you're good to go. Look, I only, I only buy green deals. The, the color coding option is, 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 makes it mindless for me. I don't have to think. I just see green go. Um, I've used the SeatGeek up on my phone a hundred times like you said i've bought jets tickets yankees tickets springsteen tickets springsteen's getting out with a new album so you know he's gonna go back on tour that dude doesn't stop unfortunately it'll be solo and won't be with the band probably but that's another that's another matter i'm still gonna go and watch it because his storytelling is amazing and the SeatGeek app is how I'm going to buy my tickets. SeatGeek will even give you $10 off your very first SeatGeek purchase. All you need to do is use our promo code. Download the SeatGeek app today and use promo code BRONX for $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. That's promo code BRONX for $10 off your first purchase. All right. So Tanaka, we kind of skipped over what he did in that Saturday game. He was great. Unfortunately, got hit with a comebacker. And it was lucky. It bounced right to Voigt, and they ended up getting the out, get out of an inning. If that ball goes up the middle, it's a run for Tampa. But I, I kind of would have gladly just taken that ball missing him and going up the middle because he leaves with a shin contusion. X-rays were negative. But we haven't heard an update yet, and I kind of feel like he's going to miss a start. He's definitely missing a start. He's, they've already talked about that they're going to see, wait and see how it feels in the morning, and there was some swelling. There was... There was a bit of discomfort. It's it's lining up that he's going to miss a start. I, I would put a lot of money on that. Um, we've seen these X-rays come back clean before, and and bad things still happen. So I don't believe the X-ray machine. I don't believe the MRI machine. I no, I mean the X-ray is just saying nothing. Nothing's broken, which is good, but it doesn't mean it's doesn't not in pain. 
Uh, yeah, but as at the same time, X-ray machines can not show certain things if there's too much swelling or if there's uh, things happening. I've told, I think I've told this story before in seventh grade. I f- claimed I fell in the in the uh, in the hallway because I was trying to get out of a test. Went down to the doctor's office. They're like, <laughs> "You have not like, told yeah. this story before." Yeah, I tried to get out of a test. So I, I claimed that I fell in the hallway. Right? This is what I did. This is how much of a scumbag kid I was. I went to the I went to the doctor's the nurse's office, and the nurse was like pressing on my leg. I'm like, ow, ow. <laughs> they sent me to a freaking doctor. Doctor takes, takes x-rays, finds a hairline fracture in my foot. Yeah. I never fell. It might have been my wrist, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. I said I fell on my wrist, I think. Either way, I never, I never fell. There was no fall. There was no impact. They found something, and I had to wear an air cast for like four weeks. <laughs> That's karma. Over some bullshit. Karma got your ass. So I don't trust anybody. I don't trust the doctors or their x-ray machines or their MRI machines. That so, doctor yeah, could have I, just been lying to you, charge you extra money for that cast. No, he was lying to me, and he was trying to get, and I knew it the whole time, and I couldn't say anything. He had me by the balls. <laughs> he was like, look, kid, I know you lied. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. teach you a lesson right here. And this I'm going to drain, ca- drain your parents' bank account now. You may have told that story before. Either way, that's a good story. Either way, I don't trust, I don't trust them. And uh, he did say that there was some, some swelling. At, at, on the on the, the yeah. day of, so you got to wait for that to go down because once it goes down, then you can see things more clearly as well. It was a good start though, and it was um, second good start in a row against Tampa. Weird season for Tanaka. First three starts, eighteen innings pitched, three earned runs allowed. Next four starts, twenty point two innings pitched, fourteen earned runs allowed. Recent three starts, nineteen point one innings pitched, three earned runs allowed. Yeah, so he's streaky. He's like. You know, the guy, the guy knows how to pitch. I think, I think what he's trying to still find is that splitter. He's trying to find that splitter and the good movement of the pitcher. And then once he can, once he can find that, and once he can get that, that splitter coming out of his hand the way he wants it, you know, the fastball is more effective. Um, everything becomes more effective because you can start working off of your pitches. We've talked about this a hundred times. If and and it was even it, it plays to each individual pitch, right? It doesn't necessarily have to be the splitter. Yeah. It can also be the fastball because if he's, if the fastball is not going right, then even if he has a good splitter, you don't have to swing at it because you're not, you don't respect the fastball. So he's got to work in tandem. He's a guy that, that needs to, um, you know, play off of his other pitches. And if he's, he's, he's obviously just been streaky in the way that he's felt the ball coming out of his hand. Well, he's had a good splitter his last two times out. And when he doesn't yeah. have a good splitter, he's kind of just making it up as he goes. He's trying to get outs with his slider and his fastball. And in fairness, he did have a good start against Kansas City in the middle of that four-game stretch. So it's really been three bad starts for Tanaka. But, I mean, you're going to get those anyway. On, on a very good year, you're going to have you know a good sure. handful of starts that aren't good. And when you compare his season so far to his previous two second, uh, first halves when he was awful, like, almost, yeah. uh, like first, 2017 first half, one of the worst pitchers in baseball. Last year, bad. This year, he's been good. Um, we just need him to be healthy going into the second half when bodies start coming back. That's, yeah, get that's the injury the out of the way thing. now. We know yeah. he's going to spend time on the IL. He does every year. Just get it. This out of the is way a now. bullshit injury, though. This is this is one of those oh, very last fluky year, bullshit. Popping two hamstrings, running ninety feet wasn't yes. a bullshit injury. No, that's not a bullshit injury. That's that's actual conditioning. This is a ball that that is hit up the middle and, and strikes you on the leg. Yeah, that's a bullshit injury. Um, so get your hamstrings to, is that's embarrassing is what that is. I'm also I'm preparing you and I'm preparing all the listeners for a thing uh, with personal catchers. So yes, talked about this on the pregame yesterday. 
Romine was catching Tanaka for the second game in a row. Yes, it was a, a night a day game after a night game, so Sanchez isn't going to be starting catching. But when you look at his career stats with each catcher, Sanchez, 293 and two-thirds innings pitched, 4.23 ERA. With Romine, 174 innings pitched, 2.53 ERA. I think we're going to have a personal catcher situation with Tanaka. I mean, that's a... It's something to look forward to for you, I guess, so that so that you can so I can, can lose com- my mind, so you can complain about it and, and look because it's. I think it's hard for you to find things on this team with with zero expectations of these players You're to really right. get angry about. Yeah. So when you see an opportunity for a personal catcher scenario, yeah. you're like, oh, yeah. let's go. You let's, know me all too well. Yeah, let's 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 do this. I mean, I don't think this is going to happen. I think this is a. This is much ado about nothing. Uh, the fact that they have two healthy catchers, they're just happy about that right now. They're just happy that they have two catchers that, that are, you know, that they don't have to go to Higashikoa and, and him come up and play the guitar. And, just uh, say Higgy. <laughs> so they don't have to have him play the guitar, and even though he's a pretty good guitarist. Um, in the clubhouse, they're just happy that they have their first two guys. So I, I, I'm, I think that's nothing. Higgy's yeah. going to tour with and Bernie they need, Williams after. They need the Sanchez bat. They need it. Well, Sanchez was still in the lineup. He DHs when Romine's... Although he didn't have it's, a good day on Saturday. He struck out four times and ended times. the game with a double play. Right, so that's, you know, he needs, he needs both ends of it. He needs, to get, he needs to get behind the plate, get those, get those squats in so that his legs are ready to go for so the do you think, at-bats. Do you think these numbers are just kind of fluky? Yeah, I just think they're convenient numbers for a scenario like this. 423 I, to 253 is a pretty big difference. But what I have to go on to, what I look at is I, I look at how these guys interact with each other. And everybody, ever since we've talked about this personal catcher situation, when Gary Sanchez is involved, literally every pitcher has come around and said, I like throwing to him. He calls a good game. He prepares well. He works his ass off. They all have his back. They all talk about Gary Sanchez like he's Johnny Bench behind the plate and that he prepares you know, like no other. So that's, that's why I, I think that that these numbers, you know, maybe they're convenient, uh, and maybe it just it just works out this way. You know, depending on their opponent or whomever, um, you know, Tanaka might have been pitching against another Japanese pitcher when Romine's behind the plate. Who knows? Might have been might have been Derek Jeter day. Little did you know, all all of those starts with Romine, he's been pitching against a Japanese <laughs> rival. You, you maybe so forgot about it because it doesn't there seem are, like it's true, but it's true. There are things in baseball that line up co- that are such coincidences you would never realize. But yeah, I don't know. I, I was looking up those numbers, and I was kind of like, as I saw them, and I was like, ah, shit, because they're different. It's a big difference. It's not a half a run. It's a run and a half. It's a big difference. Yeah. It's a good amount of innings, too. I mean, the innings, I mean, if you, want, if you want some backing on this so that you can get upset, it's a lot of innings. A lot of innings difference with Sanchez, and that ERA is bloated. I think, yeah, I think do think Tanaka is going to miss a start, but I think next time he starts, we'll see what the situation is. Is it a day game after a night game? What's going on? Who catches him? I think it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. Um, another thing that maybe I found to complain about is Glaber Torres' is base running. So this Glaber- just runs in the family, though. This is this is a family. Gr- this is a fam- This is this is um, airing of grievances hour. I'm a Glaber Torres fan. I want to get that out there first and for- foremost. My father, on the other hand, not the biggest Glaber Torres fan. You learned earlier he's not a he's not a Chad Green fan. He's not a Glaber Torres fan because he thinks he has a half ass attitude and he right. makes too many mistakes. Bust out the poll. Let's go. Let's let's get the poll out. Let's uh, let's air these grievances. In fairness, Glaber Torres does seem to make mental mistakes, right? Like stupid mistakes. Uh, I'll call them immature mistakes. Whatever you want to call them. 
immature mistake. He's not a good base runner, and I think we've found that um, in a few different scenarios. But I was I got into uh, I tweeted out, and then someone DM me. Uh, shout out to Rowley Pat uh, on Twitter. So Pat Rowley is assuming what his name is. He writes for Sports Info Solutions. He sent me some data on Glaber Torres's base running. So since the start of 2018, Torres has zero good base running plays and ten bad base running plays. That means he's minus ten. Easy math, right? Ten bad, zero good, zero minus ten minus what, ten. What what quantifies as a good or a bad base? Well, running? funny you should ask. A bad base running play is you get picked off, you fail to advance a base, you get doubled off a base, things like that. And a good base running play is you advance a base, you avoid a tag, you go advance first an extra third, base, an, extra an additional base. base. Yeah, advance an extra base, stuff like that. That's what good base running plays are. So you met you you screw up on the bases. That's a bad base running play. You do something other than what the status quo is on the bases, that's a good base running play. You're trying to tell me that Gleyber Torres has never gone first to third? Uh, I guess since the start of 2018, he's never had a good base running play. No, he's, I'm sure he's gone first to third, but if you go first to third on a double, that's not a good base running play. That's what you should do. So, okay, so there's someone up there saying, okay, the ball is, is hit to the center fielder. Yes, Holy shit, there's also, the extra base. I believe there's also some subjectivity in this where depending yeah. on where the – it's a game situation, right? If the ball's hit into the right field corner, you should go first to third. You don't get credit for going first to third. But if right. you make a good – if it's a bloop and you make a good read and go first to third – then so maybe it has to do because there's got to be some kind of some level of fact in this, right? So maybe it has to do with the runner behind you. If that runner behind you is still on first base and you're on third, then then you got something there. If he's on second base, then there's no reason to call. To call I mean, I'm sure it's play. also you also factor in uh, averages and what does the average you know most most times most base runners on a ball that's hit here advance this many bases, and if you advance fewer bases, that's a bad base running play. Yeah, no. I mean, he look. The guy gets flighty on the base path. We've seen that he's getting picked off in the past. Like I, I do feel he's got a little bit of that. You know, that little leaguer who's playing his first or second year. Last weekend and, in Tampa, he made two bad base running plays. Yeah, he's in right field, throwing dirt bombs. You know what I mean? And like making the explosion Picking noise. Dandelions. Making the explosion noise in right field. That's that's not a good sign when you're when you're out there. Your 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 mind is not into it. But he does he does seem to drift off occasionally. And but then you also see him make a play like you saw in the ninth inning tonight, where he goes to the hole at shortstop and has no play other than third base and throws the ball as he's sliding, and they get the force, uh, the lead runner force out at third base. Yeah, I mean that's a patented Scott Ryan move playing uh, softball. I go to third all the time with the force. No one expects it. No, and well, maybe no, your just, arm I, isn't strong enough to throw across <laughs> the diamond. <laughs> arm arm's okay. It's just it's you know, so you play much shortstop. higher percentage higher percentage throws the third. You play to get the force. Yeah. This is co-ed softball. No, this is men's league now. Oh. Yeah. What's your average this year? I have no idea. What's your war? No idea. I'm sure. You don't know how, how many... You don't know what your batting average is? No. If anybody knows their batting average playing uh, adult league softball, I got problems with you. Have you gotten... Are you hitting over 300? Oh, God, yes. 500? Uh, probably about close to it. Oh, look at you. If you're not hitting over... If you're like... You should be hitting... Around 500 plus in softball. That's true. You're, you're literally getting uh, a, a ball teed up to hit a base hit. I'm not a home run guy by any means. I, I get base hits. You slap the ball to right field. I slap at a ball. You know, I may, I may hit a I may hit a gap here and there, and I got wheels. Like everybody knows, I have wheels because I I, I you know I will literally beat Aaron uh, Alex Rodriguez. Aaron, yeah. 
Yeah. Aaron Rodriguez, both of them. First to third. That would be a good base running play. I got, I got lots of those. So uh, outfielders, we got Hicks back uh, last week, and some of the outfielders have been struggling. Frazier, since his return from the injured list, 6 for 40. That's a 150 batting average. The power we saw pre-injury has not been there post-injury. He doesn't look right at the plate. And prior to today, Brett Gardner, in his 14 games <laughs> leading up to today, was batting 140 with a 191 on-base percentage. He's been terrible. Of course, I tweet that out. He gets three hits, including a home run off Charlie Morton. So I think on Monday I'll tweet out something else bad about Brett Gardner or maybe I'll tweet out something bad about Clint Frazier because it seems to never fail. But the Yankees... You can't get greedy with that, though. You have to do it just because you feel it. You can't do it because you think it's going to help. The Yankees were not getting production out of Frazier and Gardner, and it was becoming a drain on, on the team. It's two of their three outfielders before Hicks came back that were pretty much black holes. Yeah, I mean, Frazier definitely has not looked right out there. and You could, you know, he... He's coming across now as a very uh, a guy that really really rides streaks, right? When he when he's hot and he has the confidence, when 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 they're asking him, you know, how much confidence do you have, and and the guy's literally telling you like he's the most confident person you could possibly think of at the plate, Sky then I, I want him there. I want all time high. I want him there. Um, but when it's low, I do feel like he gets down on himself and beats himself up, and and that affects his his play. I mean, we've seen it on the play. Like there was a ball today that um, it was a fly ball to the right field. I I think it was in foul territory, and he caught it against the wall. He just looked really just like just watching the game looked very hesitant uh, on catching the ball. There was just like a little bit of uneasiness on, on catching that ball. And we've he seen just him make bad plays out in right field earlier. Yeah, I, I the, do, in the. I just, in the um... Was in that, left field and in right field. Yeah, well, the, because, the, the, the game, I think it was against Seattle, where the ball drops in between him and Gardner, and then the next one he clanks off of his glove. Right, but you know he used that fuel, identified everybody who was laughing at him, and then, and then went on a tear. So you know maybe someone... No, not the second time. The, no, the first time I'm talking first about time when he Houston. went on that tear, he was using it. Not since he's been back. Since he's been back, he's been, he's been kind of lost. You think he's still injured? No, I don't think he's injured. I think he's just. I think when he gets into a bad timing, when he gets um, into a hole, that unfortunately he takes it in a way that doesn't help him get out of that hole. You know what I mean? Like he's not. He he's. No one's really getting on him at, at a certain point where he can use that. He's just in a bad era, a bad spot, and I think he dwells on it too much. I think he gets in his own damn head too much. I think man. he gets I, I really in his own head. Yeah, I definitely think he gets in his own head, and I think he's in his own head now because he's 6 for 40 since coming back from the injured list. He yeah. couldn't have been hotter before he went on the IL. At the time he went on the IL, he was leading the team in homers and RBIs. Yeah. It was a horrible time for him to get to, to get nabbed by the injury bug, but, but this, is, this, is the, this is reality. This is what happens in a major league season every single year. You have to play through adversity, and you have to play through something that happens, whether it's an injury or you know, uh, just a bad streak. Like you have to play through that and make yourself better and come out with it. Uh, come out on the other better side, on the other side, better. You can't let it affect your defense. You can't let it affect your offense. And it seems like he goes into a hole. And maybe this is just him and the evolution of Clint Frazier trying to figure all that out and, and identify how he needs to process the information. Because I do think a lot of guys have trouble with that. And I think he's one of them. So I think he just needs to figure that out. We know he's got all the talent in the world. Yeah, and I think, though, the problem for him is as guys start to come back, if he doesn't start to figure it out, he's, he might be the odd man out and not Cameron Mabin. Cameron Mabin knows – Cameron Mabin is carving out a very, very specific role of, of the last guy in the outfield who can come in and just, you know, give you a good at-bat, play good defense, veteran guy, run the bases well. 
Cliff Frazier hasn't earned that yet. Not he's he's not close. I to also that. think they're more comfortable just sticking Mabin on the bench and getting him sporadic at bats. They're not going to do that yeah. to Frazier, right? Well, yeah. well, he can handle it too. I mean, I think it's known that he can handle that. Uh, and speaking of guys coming back, Stanton he's on track um, to begin minor league rehab game. I guess he's on a rehab assignment Monday in Class A Tampa. So he's been taking batting practice. He's actually going to get into a game on Monday. Yep. Didi, we mentioned at the top of the show, he's going to uh, play shortstop on Monday in, expen- in extended spring training. They're saying June return still. They're saying June return. And, and uh, Boone was also saying that they don't think he's going to need a full, you know, seven, eight weeks of, um, uh, of spring training. Because he's Didi. Of course he's not. He's going to need like, like four, two games, three games, maybe. And but Judge Tantus w- is also throwing from 90 feet. What about 60 feet? I don't give a shit if he's throwing 90 feet. What? Well, he's throwing the ball distances is what I'm saying. I know. Kidding. He's throwing the ball and, and we're getting like ever since the cortisone shot, he's felt good and strong. And that's good news. Very good news. Especially when we look at the bullpen and it doesn't look like it's going to have Chad Green. That's true. Need Batances. This was a weird quote from Judge. You don't have time to get all the way there. He's talking about being healthy. It's the season. You've got to get back. Once I'm healthy enough to get back in games, I'll get back get back out there so he's already like admitting to the fact i'm never going to be fully healthy this year i don't understand that i think it's just judge talking and and like setting it low you know like judge judge is really good at this but they're going to take their sweet ass time with judge he goes down at the end of april you're telling me if it's end of july he's not going to be fully healthy from an oblique he's just setting the bar low man he's he's coming from the Derek jeter school of how to talk to the media and that's that is expect nothing and then just watch my greatness because it's well. There come was out. talk last year with the wrist injury; he wasn't fully healthy when he came back, and he came back and murdered the ball. Exactly. That's that's kind of my point. But Thank you very much. For I know oblique, what I'm saying. oblique strains are weird, right? We they are different on everybody. It's a muscle muscles muscle group that you're constantly using in baseball. So it's a weird thing for Judge. Maybe he just doesn't know how his oblique is going to be, you know, how it's going to react, right? So, so the thing about an, uh, a soft tissue injury like the oblique or any – think about any kind of injury that, you, that affects your muscles, right? Once your muscle is fully healed, then you're good. You're good again until it becomes re-injured again. It's not like you're, you're not feeling – you're feeling like a, a percentage of yourself. You can't go out there with a, a 75% of your oblique and feel good about that. Like it's still going to hurt. So no. what they're going to be doing is waiting for him to get back to 100% of it not hurting and feeling confident that it's not an injury risk any longer – so now it's a matter of him getting his timing down, making sure that he's, he, he can do everything and, and not re-aggravating it because it's, it, it probably now has a higher percentage of being re-aggravated. So what he's doing is just essentially saying, look, I may not be healthy again, fully healthy. It may be a, a, an issue where I, I can feel it uh, you know, during the season even when I'm back. So just so you know, that may be a thing. But I'm still going to do, do everything I can, work my ass off, come back to this team, and, and fight another day and give you everything I possibly got. So are you worried at all? No, I'm not worried because I think it's all speak. You're not worried by these, these statements? No, I don't get worried by any comments. I think comments are all bullshit. They're all bullshit. If you listen to these That's comments... That's a good way to go through life. If you listen to the comments from a player and you're, you're taking them for any kind of accuracy or what's actually going to happen, then... You're 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 floating with the wind, my friend. You, you need to you need to just watch what happens in front of your eyes and evaluate it then, because everything they're saying right now is coach speak. 
doctor speak, Yankee speak. Yeah, it's I all sure bullshit. Hope so. Yeah, it means nothing. Okay. This, these are wise words. I'm telling you, I've lived. Uh, I've lived a long life so far. Ignorance is bliss, right? Doesn't matter. Just go out there and see what you can do physically. I don't yeah. care what you say. The Yankees starting a seven-game road trip, four in Baltimore, three in Kansas City. Uh, it's going to be Hap on Monday, Herman on Tuesday, and I was going to look up the Baltimore starting pitchers, and then I realized, who cares? Good. That was, that was a really good um, effort. That was a really good uh, use of time management, I got to tell you. <laughs> I saved 22 seconds there. And instead, what I looked up is Glaber Torres' season against Baltimore this year, six home runs, eight RBIs in eight games. That's way more fun to look at. Yeah. <laughs> way more fun to look up. Uh, if you pull the if you pull the uh, Luke Voigt stats too, they would. So be... I did. They're not as impressive. Really, he's hitting like two ninety. I think like two home runs mm-hmm. against against the uh, Orioles this year. Okay. Last well, year he murdered. Oh uh, yeah, I, so the, the Orioles last year. So what it is? That's it. The it's the combined since he's been up against Baltimore. Last year I think um, twenty. I think I tweeted this stat out. I think it was twenty of. His RBIs came against Baltimore, like as yeah. a Yankee, and he's got like right. sixty RBIs as a Yankee, twenty of them against Baltimore. I mean, they score a lot of runs against the the Baltimore Orioles. So, I mean, I would say they're a Triple A pitching staff, but that's a dessert. They're like a junior college baseball team pitching staff. <laughs> I I just totally screwed the the, the series. Probably, yeah, I don't like I don't like that. Uh, but it's a four game series um, before going to Kansas City for Memorial Day weekend. Um, let's get to mailbag questions. First one up is from Troy. Domingo Herman has been a lifesaver this year so far. That said, he seems to fade quicker than most starters. Would you consider an opener for him? And if so, who? I don't know what Troy's smoking. I do not want an opener, especially after what we saw uh, uh, today. So instead, I'm going to take this a little differently and say, does Herman is he a pitcher that fades quicker? <clears throat> so he's made eight starts. He's pitched in nine games this year. He's made eight starts. His average start is six innings and 90 pitches. That seems about what they're only willing to push most of their starters, right? I mean, I think that's just baseball today. Yeah, you're, you're looking at... Six innings is is, is you're gonna, you're still going to get your Max Scherzer's or or somebody going seven eight maybe even nine innings, but I just I don't see them pushing. I think Herm, Domingo Herman like six innings ninety pitches is about what they're looking to get. Um, and when you're talking about how he faces through the order, first time through the order, he's faced seventy two batters. He's allowing a one forty nine batting average and a four seventy seven OPS. Awesome. Second time through the batting order, 72 batters face, 154 batting average, 453 OPS. He's equally as good first and second time through the order. Third time through, he starts to fade. 49 batters face, so he hasn't fully gotten through the third time through the order every time. 289 batting average against 814 OPS. That's the one that stands out. 814 is a high OPS. And the biggest difference here, 1, 2, and 3 through the order, is his walk rate. He starts to walk guys third time through the order. Yeah, I mean, this, so this was the this was the big thing about Herman last year is if he could figure out, you know, how to get deeper into games, how to figure out that third time through because last year we would see some decent starts and then he would just fade, um, and and this year I think he's managed it better. I do think he's getting a little lucky. The last couple of starts though, we've also seen a lot of runners on base. We've seen base knocks, um, some walks later on, and you're seeing you look at the box score at the end, you're seeing seven eight guys on base through the game and a lot of them came well it's really it's coming late 
they're, uh, as I'm saying, a lot of them are coming late in the game. So I, I do believe there's there's a bit of, uh, you know, f- fires being put out, a little bit of a, um, you know, a magician act at the end there. But he's he seems to be able to get out of them, whereas last year he was not getting out of them. Or at least the Yankees were giving him the opportunity. Yeah, to they were. Either. They certainly weren't going to. But there him. were there were definitely times where you know he would um, he would implode as well uh, third time through. So I mean I think it's super. We interesting haven't the fact seen an implosion three. Uh, no, he has not imploded yet. And so last I think time he's, out they he's let him get out of a bases loaded situation in the seventh inning. And he was and they left him in right. I, I think he's managing it a lot better. And that's the seventh inning too. So they did push him a bit more. That was the he, doubleheader game. He was efficient. He was efficient through, and it was the second game of the doubleheader. So they were. You know, they they had thrown a lot of guys in that first game. They kind of needed him to go deeper, and he did. I mean, but he was efficient with his pitches too. So there's really nothing to complain about with Domingo Herman. No, at I'm the end com- of the day, I'm not complaining. I'm just I know dissect- you're not. dissecting his games. Um, but when you look at you look at any starting pitcher, and you're going first, second, third time through the batting order, you're gonna see a you're gonna see a difference between. Probably a significant difference. It's OPS on, doubles almost on the majority of the people, though you're going to see a significant difference. I mean, it's science. You see a guy for a third time, you're going to you're going to you're going to identify that pitch better. So, but what Troy's question was, I don't think they should use an opener for him. No, but, he, but his point that he seems to fade, he is fading the third time through the order, and it's noticeable in the walk rate. I think as a pitcher fades, you lose your your control, and what we're seeing Herman do is walk people the third time through the order. Right, so I mean, what, I mean, the so the solution is certainly not an opener. What the solution no. is 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 you let your best pitcher <laughs> no. work through it. No opener for Domingo Herman. No, hell no. You 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 let him take the next step in his career and let him work through it because this is the evolution of Domingo Herman. This brings up another interesting point, though. So, how much are they going to push him this year? Because his career high for an, a season for innings pitched came in 2014. That's a long ass time ago. 123 and a third innings pitch. Last year, he only threw 93 innings. He's up to 50 this year. Yeah, no, it, this could be one of those narratives that comes up later, and, and we're looking at him around 100 pitches or 100 innings pitch um, you know, in August, and we're saying, why is this dip happening? Does he and then skip we look a down. start? Do they shut him down for two weeks? How do they manage? I, it's really hard to manage his innings right now because you, you don't have – You can't manage his innings right now. But if they get Severino back, if they get Paxton back – Maybe you see a situation where they skip him, and they skip him every third time or something. So a lot of times too, you'll see a, a schedule line up where the fifth starter can be easily skipped just because the schedule could work out. The problem is though, he's not the fifth starter right now. No, but you're telling me that all these guys are coming back. This is the scenario that we're working with. I thought, <laughs> I thought we were in a safe place here. Okay, are we not in a safe place? I thought we were in a safe place. The walls are not padded. If he, if those guys are not coming back, they're not gonna. They can't limit him. He's gonna go out there and throw. They, That's it. They're not going to let him throw 180 innings this year. Throw the ball. Look, the guys are hopefully coming back because if they're not coming back, something is going to happen, whether it's going to be a, um, a trade or they're going to sign a, a guy like Dallas Keuchel off the free agent market. Something will happen. So there will be an opportunity, most likely, that they will be able to manage those innings at some point, whether it's, whether it's Severino and Paxton coming back for a, a while. Hopefully that's the scenario and they're, they're able to do that. But... Um, I do think that they will try to manage him as much as they can because they have right now a guy that is really taking that next step. And you just don't want him to hit a wall and regress because of something that was, you know, avoidable. Mm. And that's wear and tear on the arm because he hasn't thrown them. 2014, like you said, that's five a long years time ago. ago. I mean, it's forever ago. 
So this is a guy that's not been in a situation like this. He's been in the minor leagues for a long time, and when he's come up, he's not been a starter. And last year, he got shut down because of injury. Yeah. So I, I Where do think you? they will, if, if the situation allows, they will, they will manage as much as they can. Where would you rank him as far as team MVP goes? So this is uh, from Dom's video. Dom put out a video on Friday. He pulled all the Bronx pinstripes readers uh, for the team MVP to date. Um, and the top three were Urshela, Herman, and DJ LeMahieu. Where yeah. do you? I agree. Those are the top three I voted for. Yeah, I mean, again, I, we've talked about this in the past. It's hard to rank these guys from you know saying one, two, three. You would never expect those guys to be know, at the right? top of this. So, so like, it's a collective like wow, yeah. you know, unit of, of voting guys in. It's these guys. It's uh, again this next to man up mentality where you're getting guys who know. There were no expectations for. I mean, Herman. I think, you know, a lot of us did have that that expectation level for him to take the next step. But, uh, but he wasn't even MVP? in the rotation. He wasn't in the rotation when they left spring. Tra- well, he was when they left spring training. But like before Severino goes down in mid spring training, Herman was not in the rotation. So you expect him to progress as a baseball player, as a whatever his situation is. Uh, the fact that they're they're up for a team MVP at this point, like you know, in our in our in our fandom in our fan polls. That says a lot. It really does say a lot because you can yeah. put a lot of guys in that, in that, um, in that three, in that three little spot. Because Luke Voigt's there. I mean, Cameron Mabin has come in and been um, unbelievable. Whoa, 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 whoa! Let's not put Cameron Cameron okay. Mabin in the top. Kendris three. Morales is going to be unbelievable. So Kendris Morales has home been, run. Kendris Morales. Uh, uh, that was a bomb too, and he got a, shot. got a, a RBI base hit also this weekend. Yeah, still not David Justice. Nineteen home runs, then he will be David Justice. In fact. Bobby from the Bronx at New King of Media. How many starts should Chance Adams get to show if he can hack it or not? Zero starts. He should get zero starts. <laughs> you didn't so, like, Bobby, so he pitched in mop-up duty today. Got the save. Got yeah. the save. And so, you know what? I'm going to give credit to Chance Adams today for, clo- for finishing that game today. Mm-hmm. That's You might be saying, oh, it was, what was it, a seven-run lead at that point or whatever? Like, yep. you can't pitch then. You're never going to be able to pitch. That is true. But how many times have we seen guys not be able to get through those three innings? And then, oh, look, Chapman has to warm up. Are you friggin' kidding me? That didn't right. have to happen. Look, I think he did a good job today. I really do. Uh, again, I, I just don't think that the Chance Adams, until he can figure out, he was sent down, by the way, while we're recording this. So I, I don't. I, well, yeah, unless, once he pitches three innings, he's of no use to them anymore. <laughs> right. It, this, is the, this, is, this is when the, uh, the Scranton shuttle comes into play. But, but I mean, Chance Adams has got to figure out his issues in AAA. He's got to figure out his control issues. If he can't, if, we talked about this on the last episode, and then of course he gets brought up because somebody goes down. He's he's a necessity guy at this point. He's got major league experience, so you could bring him up for for situations like like uh, we had today, or the the random situation in Boston that that he was in where they had to start him. He's just not a guy that they're going to rely on at this point. And as a prospect, he's essentially off the list because. He hasn't been able to figure out as a starter how he could throw strikes. And no, if you can't throw strikes as a starter or a reliever, then you have problems on the major league level. I'm glad he did well today because, you know, maybe he could, he could turn it around. But as of right now, he's, he's got to figure out that control stuff in AAA. I think, I think that we could see him getting, if the, the next time they need a spot start, it, maybe now he's earned the right to get that spot start. Today possibly gave him a very big leg up. Yeah. 
I'm sure he, he was he was he was under the the eyes of everybody on the major league level. The the whole coaching staff, the general manager, everybody was watching him today and saw what he did. So that is essentially you know the the best thing you could possibly do because no one's you know you're not watching all the the Scranton games. These guys can't have eyes on them all the time. They're seeing with their own eyes what he did today. That's good against a team that was in first place. Also, so it definitely doesn't hurt his 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 uh, his chances. This is what the, figure out. This is what the Yankees think of Chance Adams. He was on the roster for like a week and he didn't pitch. The, he didn't even pitch an extra. He wasn't right. pitching in extra innings on Saturday. It was Luis. He didn't Sessa's start today's game. game. Yeah, there was. He, he didn't start today's game. He Nestor Cortez came in before Chance Adams pitched. He didn't pitch until the Yankees had a blowout uh, lead. He needs to throw strikes. That's that's it. Until he can figure that out, he's not going to be a real option for the Yankees. That's that's it. Throw strikes. So this isn't really a mailbag question. Just want to give a, a shout out to Chris Lombardo who sent me a link. Remember, we're asking where we can track player options. So oh, he yeah. sent he sent me a link. Maben has no options. Talkman has one option left. So Maben came came over. Yeah. basically signing a contract saying you can't send me down or, or else I'll... Well, I don't know if the contract said that, but I mean, a player only gets so many options in his uh, career. So right. Maben's... Op- I mean, Maben's a... He's, he's out of options. ...since 07. So he... But he could also... He could accept a demotion. He could accept a designation. Demotion. He could accept a designation to AAA if he yeah. wanted to, if he thought the situation was good still here. The Otherwise, talk man has one left. Yeah, let's let's hurry up with that. Let's burn that option real quick. <laughs> they just call him up and send him right back down. <laughs> um, all right, so guys, we're gonna end the show. Uh, we're gonna do a final topic. Uh, it's a weird story uh, that the New York Times posted about. But also at the end of the show will be voicemails. This was a fun weekend to get some voicemails in with the Gio Urshela walk off, yeah. and then the big sixth inning um, burst outburst today for the Yankees. If you guys want to call the voicemail line in the future, the number is six four six. Four eight zero zero three four two. Also, submit mailbag questions for every Monday episode. BronxPinstripes.com slash podcast. I saw this story in the New York Times. So there's an apartment in Scranton above a funeral home that many of the Yankees minor leaguers have lived in. Clint Frazier has lived there. Ben Gamel, Gamel, Cito Culver, uh, Tyler Austin has lived there. I think Chad Green lived there for a certain amount of time. Frazier was talking about, he was quoted in this article and said uh, he woke up one Saturday to the sound of a funeral service and it creeped him out. That's when I was like, I've got to get out of this place. It's nice inside, but it's a very eerie feeling. I could hear the stuff going on in the basement. That's not cool, man. I would never in a million years go back. Tyler Austin was also talked about in this story that he was so creeped out one night that he asked to sleep on the floor of Ben Gamble's floor. Uh, on the floor of Ben Gamble's room. That's how creep out, creeped out he was. All right, so I, I've been to Scranton a number of times. The we Undertaker have, is taking care of the Yankees minor league guys. My wife has has uh, has family there, so we've we've been there. You got to go scout this place. Number of times. I, I feel like there's a lot of funeral homes in Scranton. Uh, if I'm like, I feel like I've noticed a lot of funeral homes. I don't know why, but there. Um, and, and you know, when you when you get into a like my so my old fraternity house in school was used to be a funeral home. And in the basement, <laughs> in the there's basement, a snake. now there's a snake in the wall. There's a snake. Yeah, there's a snake in the wall, and it used to be a funeral home. So in the basement, there's like a lot of dirt. And it's like oh, yeah, a, lot sure dirt, dirt, a lot of dirt, dirt, and, a lot, know, of, lot of ground up. Bones. When you're trying to get into the fraternity, you're spending a lot of time in that basement. So it's it's definitely like a weird vibe when when, when you're when you figure <laughs> that out as well. So I I, I understand what they're saying. Um, 
Funeral homes are nice, right? Like they're they're very nice. I'm sure the apartment was very nice. No, so the pictures of the apartment. They, so this article also talked about. There was a bigger uh, discussion in this article about how there's a lot of sketchy areas of Scranton, and a lot yes, of times these are. guys are not living in nice places. And this place, actually, when you compare it to all the others, is great. It's clean. It's big. It's like almost luxurious compared to the other stuff that people are living in, unless you're living in a hotel. So I didn't see the pictures uh, of this, but I have to look nice. Uh, like, it looked like a totally normal, nice apartment. What I'm picturing in my head, though, is like an old school, like a Victorian style house that's been yes. renovated. Yes. And like the apartment is a uh, part of upstairs. Yeah, Separate entrance. They've renovated it in its own kitchen, downstairs. the whole deal. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I know I, I, I can picture it. Like I can see it. Yeah. I can see the street that it's on in Scranton. And great place to live. Right. It's a nice. The people are nice. Everything's good about this. You just you got some you got some things going on on the first floor. You gotta you gotta get past that. Maybe this plays into the head games of uh, of Frazier. Well, he said he's not he's not going back. I could see how it could. Are mess any with one you. of the guys in this article on the New York Yankees, except for Frazier? Chad Green has lived there. Okay. <laughs> my point. My point being, if you're living there and you're having problems, there's maybe a little UI-ness going on in your head. Uh, so Ben Gamble said that it was a uh, slump buster. Sleeping there. It was yeah. It was good luck. Okay. Well, Ben Gamble you got exercise moved. your demons while you're there. Ben yeah. Gamble won league MVP one year. Right. But still got got you know exiled from the Yankees immediately after he got MVP. <laughs> Cito Culver has been a disappointment. He was a first rounder, guy from upstate New York. Never really panned out. The He's real thing glove, is if you no move bat. into this apartment. And then you start raking like you're on like a hitting streak. Then you can't move. Yeah. Are you a super? Were you superstitious in baseball when you played? Yeah. Oh yeah. Like in the in the sense that that if I'm if I'm doing something well, I won't stop doing it. Yeah. So you remember? But the I won't sun- go as far as like wearing the same underwear and shit like that. Like that's just disgusting. I'll so you remember the sunflower seeds, like the the barbecue, the ranch, all that of course. kind of stuff. I still, I still use them playing softball. So um, use them. I eat them. The. We used to mix the bags, obviously. You just mix up mix up a nice bag. I would only eat the barbecue ones. I've never heard of that. I never mix the bags. That's You never mix the bags together? No, why would you do that? You get all the so, flavors on each other. I know, but then you're but then you're competing for flavor. So like if you have a if you have like a ranch and a and a, and a barbecue now. So you the have, thing is I always mixed the bags, right? Uh-huh. And then we played a game and I got two doubles. And in that game, all we had was barbecue on the bench. Yeah. So I only ate barbecue sunflower seeds from there on out. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely the fact that you were mixing the bags of flavors. Maybe. You, do, you should not do that. Maybe, but if... if and, and I didn't get two doubles again, so it clearly didn't work. Yeah. I don't know. There could have been other 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 things happening um, with, with that, but uh, I've never heard of anybody mixing sunflower seeds, if I'm being honest with you. I've never heard of that. Have I've ever, stayed never, in my lane. And I'm not a guy that goes flavored seeds either though i'm a i'm i'm a standard i probably wouldn't do flavored regular seeds now, regular when seeds I was, when i was 15 years 16 years old i was doing flavored yeah. seeds so there's there's this there's only one that i've really like gotten behind and it was a um the hell was it It was like black pepper or something it was one that i'd never even seen only it was very hard to get i've never seen that but i also haven't delicious. had those those sunflower seeds whatever the brand was the came in like the white bag yeah david, david yeah david red, with the red lettering yeah yeah, good stuff. Yep, I still eat the. Uh, I do encourage you to go check out the New York Times article. And the guy who owns the the funeral home, kind of creepy looking. I mean, he's got to be. Yeah. You got to look the part. Yeah. 
Uh, that's going to do it for our episode. Um, any last words, Scott? No, nah, man, just Baltimore. It, that's it. We got to take care Baltimore. of these, these goddamn Orioles and, and just, just get four wins and, uh, yeah, just build on this lead. You need want, four wins to lead. keep your 17-2 and two alive. Yeah, uh, well, that for sure. And I want to make sure that we have a lead when, um, when we go and Boston comes to Yankee Stadium. That's, that's a big deal. I want, I want to be in first place at that point. Yankees also don't have an off day until after that Red Sox series. Right, so let's go, let's go into that feeling good. All right, we'll talk to you Thursday. Believe it or not, George isn't at home. Please leave a message at the beep. I must be out before I pick up the phone. Where could I be? <laughs> Believe it or not, I'm not home. My call shields walk off! <laughs> Oh my god, I knew he was gonna rip a shovel in the gap. I called it. What a freaking game. Oh my gosh. Luke Voigt, the legend of Luke, continues, hits the dinger. He doesn't give up. He doesn't care that there was a rain out. Doesn't care that it's the bottom of the ninth and they're down two. He's gonna continue to try and he shows it. Gary coming up with the hit. Glaber coming up with the hit. And. I mean, Maven, I wish he would have done it. I was, I'm a big fan of Maven. I like the player. Uh, I wish he was able to get the single, but uh, here comes Gio. And, I mean, fan favorite, team favorite. The guy is going to be our third baseman the rest of the year. I don't care if the nerds think he's lucky. I don't care if he's not this good and they think he's going to regress. The dude is flat out hitting, and he's coming up clutch, and he's just happy to be here. So, go freaking Yankees. Let's freaking go. All right, Ed. I just have one fucking thing to say here. This fucking Brett Gardner fucker. He needs to fucking go, Ed. He's fucking garbage. I don't know why he's still on the fucking team in the first place. Someone should just take a fucking baseball, a baseball bat, and fucking break his fucking kneecaps, and then fucking slice his throat for all I give a shit. I'd be fucking happy. The team would be doing better. I know my way around the diamond, lad. I don't think you do. Because you don't know what you're talking about. And you need to fix the fucking game. Or I'll stop watching and I'll become a fucking Red Sox fan. How would you like that, you bastard? To anybody in Boston who thought it was a fucking funny idea to play New York, New York when they won the World Series, hope you're laughing right fucking now. Because you know what? The Yankees are on fucking top. And you know what? They're going to fucking stay there as we go all the way to the fucking World Series and fucking run up the entire fucking division. Fuck them all. We got this. <laughs> fucking 19th is the year for the fucking 28th World Series, baby. Fuck Boston. Fuck Tampa Bay. Fuck everybody in the American League and fuck the National League too. Yeah, you know the vibes. You are selling the goat, boy. Let's go. Yankees up top of the division, boy. Yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? Is this a major league baseball park? The lights go out in the ninth inning when we're beating the stupid double rays? God, it's fucking. Hey guys, so is it just me or just Tyler Wade after Gary Sanchez hits a home run? Kind of looked like Boone took his son to work for the day. He's so excited like a little kid in the dugout there. He just looks so small and so happy.
Thanks, guys. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees.